I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hey, Sarah. So, oh, you're in Bentonville. You're in a new place. I, I am currently in the bedroom. Um, yeah, so... I am in the bedroom. The baby's quote unquote nursery mm-hmm. is our, we have a little walk-in closet. Uh, oh, <laughs> the baby's sleeping in the closet. <laughs> the walk-in closet. Which makes That's me amazing. feel kind of like a terrible parent, but it's dark. He seems right. psyched. I don't know. He's been sleeping well. Um, but there, the part of, there is a part of me that's like, is it wrong to have my child in the closet? And then- oh. Yeah, but the rest of the house, uh, we have two grown men beside my husband in the house. So there are three guys, uh, so mm-hmm. Ben's training partners, and the dog, um, and the baby. And we're just like one big, happy- the neighbors must be like, what is going on with those people? Okay, so, okay, I have questions. Okay. I have questions. <laughs> So, okay, first of all, well, I have comments and questions. So my first comment is like, I have definitely put my kid in a walk-in closet before. Okay, that makes me feel like, better. <laughs> one time, <laughs> that was in Palm Springs. And she, like, the, the, this first of all, the sides of the walk-in closet, sometimes, like, the further south you go, like, it's just massive rancher homes, you know? Like, this place had two walk-in closets. Like, I don't even know why they need that many clothes. Like, each person in the master bedroom needed their own walk-in closet, apparently. And so I put Rosie on the floor in like on the floor too. <laughs> like she was a baby. And I just set up like blankets on the floor and just like, I'm like, well, if she rolls around, like it's fine. Like making sure there's no way for her to suffocate. And then that was it. So I, I approve of your parenting choices there. Okay. Um, so my first question is what, how, how is Buddy adapting to this situation? Uh, so Buddy is having the hardest time of all of us. Because we have these, um, there, there's no carpeting on the floor. And so he refuses to leave his bed. And so, like, and he's a very uh-huh. large dog and a pretty small bed. We didn't bring his ginormous bed. Mm-hmm. So the poor guy just all day is on his bed and like, will kind of run out to the backyard and next door in the yard, there are these two super aggressive dogs that always bark at him. Mm-hmm. So he has like this ear infection thing going on. He's losing all this hair. He's just a neurotic mess. The poor dog is just having the hardest time. He does not like Bensonville. Of your whole crew, crew, the dog is adapting the the worst. Is that that fair? Because he's he's a little, he's a big dog on an island um, of, you know, So maybe, maybe he needs to become, um, maybe he needs to toughen up. I, seriously. Just <laughs> and like get, get used to walking on an, an uncarpeted floor. Well, it, you, you remember when you were a kid and every, you would uh, play like the floor is lava kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's him. And he knows he's not allowed to be on the furniture. When yeah. we go to bed, he tries to sneak onto the couches Mm-hmm. so like the floor is lava but the couches are okay his bed is okay but we've been figuring out that he's been sneaking onto the couches so we've been putting stuff on the couches to make sure he doesn't sleep there so yeah. now he really is an island it's not like an archipelago anymore like yeah. one island's relegated in the middle of the floor that is it <laughs> Poor guy. Surely in your house at home, you have areas that are uncarpeted, like the kitchen and the bathroom, like a minimum. But we have carpets. So he has, he can go basically carpet to carpet. I don't know. He can still make his way around a little bit better. Sounds like. Oh my goodness. I think he would love it because he just loves being around people, but he is 
not a happy camper. What about, okay. What about, here's a solution. What about, well, besides toughening up your dog, which might be a harder <laughs> solution, but like going to Walmart and buying like a cheap, like floor carpet, just like rolling it out for him to give him a little bit more like a bigger Island area. No, that's unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> Buddy, toughen up. Totally. <laughs> Maybe a yoga mat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can start. <laughs> small carpet like a- well we we have a yoga mat here i'm not gonna buy something You're for not the gonna dog. buy something for him <laughs> that would be ridiculous <laughs> um okay and then my other question is like how has it been with like the baby and the training partners like do, do ben's training partners have like kids of their own or is is this oh, no like, they're no they're world what them? 25 <laughs> um so but they're but they're great they're they're super nice guys um mm-hmm. It's, it's nice because like, I'm not going to ask them to change diapers and do things like that, but they, they don't mind entertaining him for a couple of minutes here or there. Um, you know, it's, it's nice because he's six months old and he just loves to watch people. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to entertain him as much with a bunch of us around the house and buddy's a lot less entertaining these days because mm-hmm. he just sleeps and is depressed. Um, but he could just, you know, the baby can just watch everybody walking around doing what they need to do. And he just thinks it's fascinating. So amazing! I don't know how they feel, but the kid is happy and that makes me happy. <laughs> nice. Okay. I have also, I also have follow up questions about you and how you're doing in your routine, but I'm going to yeah. save those for later. Okay. Um, Excellent. And for anyone not in the know, who's been like, what the F are you guys talking about right now? <laughs> um, Sarah and Ben and their little family have traveled to Bentonville for their winter training camp. Um, and so that is, yeah, that is what, and that's why Sarah's in a new location. Um, okay. So coming up on the show, we are going to talk, we have a voicemail from a listener. Um, we're going to ask each other some follow-up questions from last week's, um, basically voicemail back and forth episode. Uh, we're going to talk about self-care and a new feisty podcast. Every day, there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding as in if we were. Change is an inside job. Start inside. Okay, so Sarah, we did get a voicemail from a listener. So um, shall we listen to that? Let's do it. Hey, Sarah and Sarah, it's Sarah. I am a longtime listener and huge fan of the podcast and both of you. And I just wanted to call with a little rant that was inspired actually by the episode before Christmas where the caller called in about Minnie and you guys were discussing that. And then last week, uh, the Walmart with the mom's room that was for changing, it just inspired me to call in with my little rant, um, which is... You would be surprised, and I'm sure Sarah will come to find this out, uh, how many restrooms do not have changing tables in the men's restroom. Restaurants, Target, Walmarts, whatever, there are a serious lack of changing tables in the men's restrooms. So when your husband does try and do you a good and bring your child to the men's restroom to change their diaper so you can keep eating or keep shopping or whatever it is, there won't be a change table there. And he will come back out and say, I can't change the baby because there's no changing table in the men's restroom. So that is definitely a problem that needs to be addressed because men, they be changing diapers these days. So all the places in the United States need to get with it and put changing tables in the men's restroom. My other rant kind of has to do with that, which is 
um, kind of reminded me of the woman who was talking about the gender clothes and stuff like that. Um, I had a woman who was on a mom site that I'm on in my neighborhood asking for a balance bike for her son. And my daughter just outgrew her balance bike and it's a really nice Trek balance bike. Um, and it's pink. And so I messaged the lady and I said, Hey, I have a really nice balance bike. You can have it for free. My daughter outgrew it. She's onto a bike with training wheels. Uh, you can come over and pick it up at my house. And she wrote back and she's like, well, what color is the bike? And so I responded pink and she said, no, I can't have my son riding a pink bike. And now I was just completely blown away because how are you going to turn down this completely free, super nice kids balance bike because it's pink? Your son is legit like two years old. He doesn't care if he's riding a pink bike. So people these days, they just don't want their boys in pink. A lot of them, I don't know. It's still a thing. Um, My daughter loves pink and blue, but you know, I don't know. I just thought that I would call you guys with this rant because those two things just remind me of everything you guys are talking about. And um, we got a lot of work to do, (laughs) but keep on uh, with the podcast and um, I'll keep on listening. Thanks guys. Oh, I, first of all, if you want to send me that pink strider bike, I will pay for the shipping. Uh, That is so silly. I mean, I, I put our son in pink. He doesn't care. We don't care. I don't understand any of that. Yeah. It's a color. So like I, I, first of all, like my reaction to many of the things that Sarah was saying in that voice memo, if she's called Sarah, Sarah also, do I get that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Amazing. Sarah's a welcome here. Um, (laughs) she like, like this shit is still happening. Yeah. Like, you know, like the idea that like there are actually still places that don't have, um, that don't have baby change like baby change tables in men's bathrooms. Like the fact that like someone's rejecting a bike because it's pink for their son is like, it's like mind blowing. And like my question to the potential, to the person she was going to give the the starter bike to is like, would, is there a color that she wouldn't give to a daughter? Like, so Mm. is it like, is it like if it was blue, would she say, oh no, my daughter can't ride blue or like- That's too masculine. Yeah. Like, is that because like, Part of me is like, I very much doubt that. Right. Right. Like I yeah. suspect that broadly speaking, there are more people who don't want their boys on pink than who care anything about having girls on blue. Right. That's which really is like, which is why like I react to a little bit. Cause I'm like, you know what? Like that's, that's a little, like a little bit of misogyny in terms of like anything that you're boy, if your boy is perceived as feminine, it's bad. If your girl is perceived tomboy, that's okay. Yeah. Well, we, we could be overlooking that maybe the color just doesn't match the kid's complexion. So like, it's, it's not a good color for this baby. (laughs) I almost just spit out my wine onto my computer, by the way, like, (laughs) like, you know, some colors just don't look good on people. Like I'm not an orange person. Um, <laughs> things just not her color. <laughs> wow. It's really color. giving the, really giving the person the benefit Baby. of it out there, Sarah. Yeah, like yeah. if that's the best you can do. And I know you are always that person. Like when yeah. I'm like, when I'm all like negative poopy pants, you're like, here's a possible <laughs> suggestion. But like, if that's the best you can do, I feel like <laughs> She's on shaky ground with this decision. Um, wow. Um, okay, uh, yeah. well, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's ridiculous, but that, that is the, that is the only alternate subjection, subjection yeah. I have there. I think we're going to conclude it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. So following last week's show, because we didn't actually get to talk to each other, um, which was mm. a little disappointing after the holiday, because it's I actually know. like three weeks we don't get to talk to each other when we miss two episodes um so I really appreciated like your voicemail and then like your follow-up voicemail also like high quality so like should we like I I know I have three questions for you should we just go back and forth and ask each other some questions sure because otherwise I feel like we would just be taking forever to catch up um Mm -hmm. really just need to consolidate you know or really limit ourselves uh my most pressing question Mm-hmm. is you could not find the cutlery <laughs> and it was a serious issue. Have you found it yet? No, you still have not found it. Oh my. 
So the cutlery, this is a short, the interim solution to the cutlery problem is that um, Rosie's dad brought over some cutlery. Cause I actually messaged him and was like, he, this is a whole, this is a story for a whole other day, but like he essentially ended up keeping all of our stuff when we separated. Um, so I was like, Hey, do you have any cutlery there? That's mine <laughs> like, that you want to bring over? And he was like, Oh, I can scrounge some up. So like, you know, power to him he brought me over like a couple spoons a couple forks a couple knives but like actually the reason I haven't found the cutlery is because I am just like such a fan of like minimalist kitchen living that like I love there's only there's there's only one and a half people who live here like it's me and Rosie half the time you know sometimes like sometimes Jamie's visiting then it gets a little bit awkward honestly especially if there's three of us but like for the most part like if I can just like have a couple dirty dishes and a couple pieces of dirty cutlery every day. Do like the quick rinse cycle, like Mm -hmm. do the fast cycle in the dishwasher. So I'm not like wasting too much water, but like actually not washing that many dishes. (laughs) So there's like, there's like less work to do every day. I'm just like, I'm so about this, right? Like I don't want piles of dishes piling up with like one person, which otherwise I would do. I would just save it up or like the dishwasher. So as it is, like it's, it's working for me. I have a couple backups that are like plastic cutlery that um, came with like food orders that I just kind of save for in case I get into an emergency situation. But like, I don't have a high motivation to find the cutlery, which is like actually the problem. So I can blame any number of things, including my ex-husband apparently, but really (laughs) it's my own fault. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You just haven't been motivated. That's totally fine. I'm not incentivized properly yeah. to find the cutlery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. My first question to you is the mouse. Like, you know, I had follow-up questions about the mouse. <laughs> yes. That was like the mouse is puking blood. Like the like, what do you do when you find a, an ill mouse? Like, did you, what did you do with the mouse? Well, I'm. So how did the mouse is, get there? Like explain. I'm pretty sure when I pulled to the side of the road, I had hit it. So that's a whole nother can of worms. Okay, so right the there. mouse was on the road and you ran it over. That's what. You're or it it was on the grass by the side of the highway. Okay. All I know is I opened up the door and there was a mouse. There's right, a mouse on- dying. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a bad, a bad omen. Well, I oh totally. So I was dying because when you were talking about the metaphor for your life. When I was there at the side of the road trying to hang on to Buddy, who was trying to eat the mouse and the baby is screaming and it's just like the state trooper pulls over. It's just absolute chaos. I'm like, I am the mouse. I am the mouse. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know the fate of the mouse. Um, Buddy was very curious. It went into his massive mouth, but he is not a killer. So I don't think he killed. He, you know killed it off but it was a fatal wound that i believe the car dealt it um but here i am ben's trying to change the flat and i'm screaming tim what do i do about the mouse um <laughs> like am i supposed to get it out of its misery you know put it out mm-hmm. of its misery like what am i if he just had no time for it for some reason, he just was not invested in. For some strange reason, like <laughs> focusing on changing the tire yeah. on the car. Yeah. And then I didn't ask the trooper what I was supposed to do. You know, I honestly, we got back in the car and I totally forgot forgot about what was going to happen. To what the happened mouse. to the mouse? This scene is just to- it completely made better by the <laughs> presence of the mouse. In a way, like it's like. <laughs> Well, because it's all I could fixate on. I'm like, the poor mouse just <laughs> coughing up blood. <laughs> coughing up blood, too. Like, what did the mouse have, like, little mousey cancer? Like, what? Like, how does it coughing up blood? Like, what's well, not? It's not like a wound, but it's like. It's actually, oh, no, like, it was like bubbling out of its mouth. Oh, God. I it's know. Kind of, it was kind of gross, too. I'm sorry. That was very graphic. If anybody is eating right now, I apologize. <laughs> Okay, so I think I honestly think I probably would have like taken the same route that you did. It is like not like by not, I don't know that I could kill off a mouse. Even yeah, if it was already dying. And even if it was a kindness, I think I would struggle with that. Okay, I have, I know we're supposed to catch up right now, but I mm-hmm. do have an animal story. Okay. Um, Tangents are welcome. And this is the only thing that's vaguely triathlon related 
today. Uh, so I was riding my bike one time on a bike path and hit a squirrel. It just darted out in front of me. I, I went back and I'm like, Oh no, the poor squirrel. And I see its eyeball dangling out. And it kind of scurries away into the, into the bushes kind of, but like limping scurrying. And at this moment, I'm just paralyzed. I stop. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Cause this thing, uh, do I kill it? Like, do I put it? I mean, what is, what is my ethical responsibility to this animal? Yeah. Because it was not in a good state at that moment. Right. And like, you know, I get off my bike. I start searching for it. Thankfully, I guess I couldn't find it. Uh, but then I went home. I'm like, it just was, it was sitting on my shoulders, this huge weight, the, this squirrel's life that I had just ruined. Um, and I went back cause it, yeah, it was not right. And I went back and I couldn't find it. Cause I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, hit it over the head with my bike pump yeah I'm like, <laughs> like yeah like and I'm going through all these possible scenarios of how I'm going to put this poor squirrel out of its misery I'm like would I be able to pick it up and like break its neck I'm like no none of these things are feasible but yeah. I feel I felt like I needed to do something um yeah. and my guess is that some cat or something got it but yeah I'm sorry. That was another gruesome story. Not a fun animal story. Have I told you about my deer that Rosie and I were like taking care of with the coffee thing around its neck? Coffee thing. Yeah. So, okay. So when I lived, I lived in like a cabin for a year. Right. And there was like a deer path. Like it was like how the deer got down from the ocean, like up to like the other neighborhoods, whatever. It's like a deer run. Like it was like a municipally marked thing. Like it went right beside my cabin. Right. And like the, one day Rosie and I are looking out and we see this deer and it has a, you know, those old kind of coffee, like nabob giant coffee tins that come with like a giant amount of. I have no idea what nabob is, but anyway, oh, you don't? Yeah, okay. it, it, no. do you, it's like a like ground coffee. In okay. Like, like Folgers. Yeah, maybe Folgers, yeah, but they're okay. big. Like they're a big tin, they're like a giant okay. tin. Yeah. Right. And it had a tin of a coffee tin, giant coffee tin with clearly someone had cut the bottom out of it. So maybe they were, had been using it in a garden or something. This is my assumption. And the deer got in anyway. It was around the deer's neck. Like, <gasps> like you know, it's like a foot tall, kind of maybe not quite a foot, but like it's a tall thing around the deer's neck. Yeah. So, Rosie and I, and longtime listeners will know this story because I'm sure I told it to Kelly. But like, so Rosie and I were watching it in every day, and it had its little like deer pack, whatever you call them. Like it was like it was like a young herd. deer. It's little herd. Yeah. And and it was a young deer. And I called a couple different places till I finally figured out like the right number to call to find out about like to like wildlife, like to report a wildlife thing, whatever. And I forget what organization it was, but anyway, I ended up in this like long call. And now I know all kinds of things about deer behavior, <laughs> but like, apparently, so like, apparently if they came in to try to like tranquilize the deer and take the coffee tin off of its head, like the trauma from, from like tranquilizing the deer would separate that deer from its deer pack, from its pack. Mm. And then the, it's less likely to survive. So it actually had like a better chance of survival if you just left it, like if it was with its group or whatever. So we watched this deer grow up, like get a bit, become bigger and bigger with this thing on its head. And over time it scrunched down and became this necklace. So it, like, it had this like tin necklace around its neck. <laughs> and like, I can only assume it went on to have like a long and happy deer life. Um, and it was the is- only one in the herd with some bling. Like all the yeah, other just, deer, like just, whoa, yeah, just so like, stylish. Yeah, exactly. They were all jealous. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. wow, that's wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. We totally got off track catching up, mm-hmm. but I appreciated that story. <laughs> all right. So back on track with catching up. Okay. Uh, 
I was very confused about the house situation because last we had talked, you had sold it. So the water damage or the flooding means you you haven't sold it. Yeah, so you're, I had your haughty realtor. Sarah, Sarah posted a picture with him uh, on her Instagram. I'm like, woo, hottie it was, realtor. It was a real, a real, <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. That's all I could pay attention. <laughs> you just got distracted. You can sell my house. Um- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my, okay. So I have two properties I was going to sell. One was the one I lived in. Right. And then the second was my rental property. Right. So I sold the one that I lived in and I was going to sell and I rented a place for three months and was going to sell this rental property, but then it flooded. Right. So my tenants, like my tenants moved out. Right. Because I, we agreed to end the tenancy because I was going to sell the property and they didn't want to like have to deal with showings and stuff. So like they moved out and then it flooded And so it, and now we can't fix the flooding until the spring because we think that there's something wrong with the perimeter drain, right? So essentially I'm like paying the mortgage and all the things on this place. I can't rent it out because it's flooded, right? And I don't have a place to live. (laughs) So so it made the most sense then for me just to like move in here. Um, And it's also helpful because I can keep track of the flooding and stuff and make sure it dries out like every time it floods I like turn all the fans and the heaters on and stuff and I like dry it out and it actually kind of makes sense for me to maintain but like it's a bit of a pain in the arse but it is what it is it's fine (laughs) okay so okay I have a question now because this is like I thought of this last week and I think yeah I'm just like I'm wondering what your feeling is about like or whether for you like what you do about like public breastfeeding like, is that mm. something that you do? Do you have one of those little like, um, covery things, you know, that, go, that tie around your neck and, or like, h- how do you manage that situation? I, I got one and honestly, I, I don't care at this point <laughs> when we were driving on the highway and mm. I'm in the backseat pumping to be able to hand bottles over to the baby. And I'm like, Truckers can see like truckers driving by can see me pumping. I don't mm-hmm. care. Um, right. Like, you know, waiting in the Walmart auto center, you know, feeding my baby. I'm not showing anything like I whatever. It's a baby. Either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I could t- like I would love to live in a world where it was just like normal to like mm-hmm. breastfeed your child in public you know, yeah. um, where that just became like a normal way. No one reacted or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. I, I think it, it probably helps that I wear pretty loose clothes. So it's not mm-hmm. like I'm showing really any skin, but even then it doesn't, shouldn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think at the first couple months I felt a bit more self-conscious, um, but, you know, especially as he's bigger and, he doesn't need help latching or anything, but like right. the first couple of months, you know, you want to, yeah, there's not like any like fussing around. Like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final question. Um, so last week you totally crushed it doing a solo podcast. Well, thank and you. I was wondering if you ever, you know, do you actually need me? Okay, this is a very <laughs> this is a very thirsty question. Do you need me, Sarah? <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will all agree that the podcast would not be the same without you and that me coming on doing a random monologue every week would not be the same. I don't know. I was very entertained. I just am good with that. I, honestly, I, I I feel you like I felt like that when you when you did your solo, like when I sent you the update from um, Arizona in this last spring. Like I was like, oh, she's like, you know, you're just like, no problem chatting away on your own. I'm like, I'm not needed here. <laughs> that's fine. It's a done deal. <laughs> OK, well, we need each other. That's that's what we're going to just. Well, we'll just agree. I yeah. think we can agree that it's better with both of us. Plus, it, you know, if you're, we were riding, it would just have to be 
if I was riding. And yeah, that's who wants to ride alone? Nobody. Totally. totally. <laughs> um, okay. My third question for you is that like I was wondering about like, you know, changing your routine in Bentonville and how you've like settled in. Cause suddenly you've gone from like having your own space in your own house with just you and Ben baby and buddy, mm-hmm. which is already quite the cabal. And then, and then like moved in with two of his roommates. Also, I'm assuming you're doing some of your own training fitness activities. Like how are you managing this whole routine? Uh, so well, really not ton has changed, to be mm-hmm. honest, because they are always at our house anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in the mornings, I wake every, you know, the baby and I wake everybody up. So they probably don't appreciate the fact that they are waking up earlier than normal. But uh mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty flexible, honestly. Do you have some help there? Uh not yet. But not yet. I have three guys in the house who so I'm like, here you go, entertain the baby for a few minutes. Um, but I've I've gotten better about asking Ben for help. Um and we're gonna talk about self-care, and that's part of that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, what's nice is what's nice at home is that you know, my, my parents live 25 minutes up the road. Um, and they have, you know, a couple hours twice a week where they come and help. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, we have help at home and here, I don't know. I, I haven't yet. I like, I, I have a posting on care.com. I don't know. I feel so weird about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then they say like, does somebody come here? And it's a very small house. And then did they feel strange because there are three men coming into the house while I'm off training? (laughs) So how are you doing your training right now? Like, are you leaving um, the baby with Ben when when you go? Yeah. uh, So thankfully, he's a great, the baby's a great sleeper. He Mm -hmm. sleeps in until like 730. Um. I am doing a lot of stroller runs. Uh, we also can attach the stroller onto the bike. So oh, yeah. like I can, I can take him out for some rides. We have a, a bike set up in the garage um, on the trainer. So I have that as an option as well. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's kind of a combination of do things with him, let Ben take care of him, do him when he's sleeping and just mix and match right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which leads nicely into like, um, what we're going to talk about next, which is like, you, ha- you had this really, I don't know when you posted it, but I just saw it today. Um, you had a nice post on Instagram about self-care. Um, and I was wondering, like, <clears throat> I was wondering lots of things, um, <laughs> but like, it, it's, I think that you're like, your post was really well said and it's, and everyone can go read it, whatever it's on your Instagram. Um, but like, what are the ways that you're creating space for yourself right now? Thanks, Sarah. Um, I think mostly just realizing that I can't do as much as I wanted to do alone and I have to voice my needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think probably like a lot of people, I just assumed that, it would be intuited that I needed help, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with childcare and c- carving out my own space. Um, and just like six months of, you know, not, not re- resentments too strong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could, it could easily have veered into that category. Um mm-hmm. I just feel like, Hey, how, how am I the one doing everything and trying to do these other things on top? And like, I was just basically burning the candle at both ends, you know, trying to wake up at five and exercise, um, and take care of the baby and do classes and like make sure the household's, you know, running and we have groceries and everything. And, uh, I just, December, I totally fried myself. And it really, it wasn't December. It was, you know, months of 
being the only one waking up at night to take care of the baby and, uh, you know, just months of not sleeping enough and just having that just constant cumulative stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't feel stressed, uh, but just like the physical stress, I think of not sleeping and just having too much, um, it, yeah, I realized I literally found dreadlocks in my hair, two dreadlocks in my hair. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mm-hmm. That's relatable. Like, I have dreadlocks frequently. <laughs> so I have very straight hair. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not lend itself to creating dreadlocks, but basically I think for months I wasn't taking the time to brush my hair properly. So mm-hmm. that was, that was such an epiphany for me where it's like, you know, brushing one's hair does not take that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that I was kind of overlooking mm-hmm. because just trying to go from one thing to the next without just slowing down. And taking that time for myself to brush my hair properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a hard realization that I have to be very explicit about my, my needs, um, you know, with, you know, with my partner and saying that, uh, like just how we do things is very different. Um, but me saying, okay, from, from two to four, uh, I need that time mm-hmm. instead of just sitting around waiting all day for, uh, like this thing that's really important to me. Like I, I need, I need that time. How does my partner not understand that? Mm-hmm. And like the entire day goes by and it's like, well, I really wanted to get into our bike. The only time I can do it now is 7 PM because the baby's asleep. Um, so just like making sure that things are on a schedule and, uh, yeah, it it was, it was definitely realization to me that I was not being by, by spending so much time and energy trying to take care of the baby and trying to make it easy for my spouse. Um, it came at the expense of like my needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's something that is very common to parents. It's very mm-hmm. common to women in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was making me a less, I wasn't being as good of a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't being as good of a parent or a spouse because I spent all of my, like the time that I was spending with them um, I was thinking about what I wanted to be doing mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just being really present. Right. Um, and that like now when I, ha- when I have time away, when I'm really creating that separation, I'm not thinking about, uh, you know, I, I can do my activity. I can do what keeps me whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can come back and, and be more present minded with them in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's like actually like what I was thinking as I was reading your post, just like, like, Oh, how do I deal with self-care? And it's like mm-hmm. that realization that like, if I'm thriving, my business will thrive. And right. if I'm thriving, my relationship with Rosalie will thrive. Like, so there's a certain level at which it's like, you're not just doing a disservice to yourself, but also to like your relationships. And in my case, like my business or your case to your training, whatever. So like, it's a, it's a, like, we all, all everything rises together kind of situation. Right. Yeah. And, and you're, you're spot on. Cause I think that's where I definitely, not only was I not thriving, but I was, I was diminishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to know what it was going to be like six months from now Mm -hmm. if I continued down that path. So has it improved? Yeah. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, but it's, it's taken, it took me really, I mean, it took probably almost two weeks of me going to bed um, no joke, like eight o'clock, 
sometimes I was going to bed like before eight o'clock um, mm-hmm. where I needed to just kind of recharge. And so much of it was sleep deprivation. I realized mm-hmm. um, just, you know, five months at that point of being the only person, you know, it's, it, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts your yeah. body a lot. So yeah. uh, that helps that helped, um to catch up on sleep. And then just, you know, I think really being clear about yeah. what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you're, you're making me reflect on like how I managed that like young babyhood mm. phase. And I think like, I don't think I fully like understood what happened there. Like right now I'm like, oh, like I'm having a realization for myself. Like, so I did fairly well on asking for help. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, oh, but I actually totally project managed the baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it was me that did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I had the help, but like, like, oh, wait a second. Like did, should I have needed to project manage that on my own? You know, mm. like, but I totally like, I, I mean, I, I may not have said this before, but I was like, I made the schedule. I was like, yeah. like, this is what I need help. Here's the times blocked it off, had like everything blocked off on a calendar. Um, and so like, so in that way, like, I'm grateful that I had, I had really good help, but I definitely like took on the idea that I was in charge of that, mm. um, without questioning it. Yeah. You well, know? I, it's interesting. Cause I, I don't, I don't know that it needs to be equitable. Um, and this can be because what works differently for every couple, um, Mm -hmm. especially in those early years, it's going, it's going to vary. Um, like I'm just much better at planning, um, and like make, you know, thinking about, it is more in right. my nature to think about right. somebody else. Um, not that, you know, Ben's self-absorbed, but just like he is a procrastinator. And for example, when we came down here, um, I just, I was going to be the one who packs for the baby. Um, and you're right. Like, why should that be the default? Mm-hmm. Uh in part because otherwise we would have been scrambling to pack, you know, just throwing right. stuff in a bag. <laughs> but, the, right. but there is the other aspect of there's just this, the assumption that, you know, as the mother, as the one who spends the vast majority of the time with the child, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to know his needs. Mm-hmm. How, why, you know, mm-hmm. why should I know what the baby's going to need for the two months? Yeah, no, totally. It's like, it's interesting because there is like what I hear you saying, like there is a layer that's worth examining around gender roles and our assumptions for that, but it's not just that, right? Yeah. Like it's like there's playing a, into your strength. personality. Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. I, um, I, I think about this a lot, but like, I don't, I just don't think I ever, like, I'm not a caretaker by nature. Yeah. You know, um, I'm a, I'm an emotional caretaker of friends and people that are close to me, mm-hmm. but I'm not a physical needs caretaker. So like that phase where like what they need is like feeding and bum wiping like, is, is like not like, it's not part of my mm. nature's not thing. Like, and I actually like super admire people who like really want to do that in life, who like actually want to take care of kids like on mass, yeah. <laughs> you know, who run yeah. the after school care programs in the world. For sure. you know, like I admire those people or who, who work in old folks homes or things like that, mm-hmm. like, or who, who are like hands-on nurses, um, because I do not have that. Like, I don't have that muscle to flex. And so therefore I admire it a lot. Um, but also it meant that like, it meant that like I knew from my skill set, like, like I can, I can project manage a thing, you know, but like, if I have to do more than 50% of like the physical caretaking, mm. I am going to not be a happy human. Yeah. Right. And like, you love your kid, you want to take care of them, but like, I was still me, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I kind of knew like, okay, I have to, like, I have to do this because otherwise like, I'm not. It's just because I like pushed a baby out of my vagina doesn't mean I suddenly like changed my personality into someone who loves like taking care of people's physical needs because like that just didn't happen. Yeah. You know? So it, it is interesting because I I I thought that I was going to be like that as well. 
mm-hmm. that I would be totally, you know, like you do things because you have an obligation or responsibility, mm-hmm. but I enjoy some of that a lot more than I thought I would. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where um, I think some of our dynamic, uh, you know, my partners, my dynamic is because I enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. I end up doing more of it. Um, but that also reinforces that this is my job and mm. you don't, in, you know, you don't enjoy bath time. So then it's not your job, but I needed more help. Even, even right. though I enjoy it, Yeah, you got to share the load. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, well, I'm glad that you're figuring that out. And thank you yeah. for like that Instagram post too. Cause I think a lot yeah. of people relate to that. And last time we talked about self-care too, I think a lot of our listeners were like, um, yeah, happy about that. So anyway, people send us, if you want to have, if you want to tell your self-care story or your baby story, um, definitely Please send do. us a voice memo, um, or, or an animal story. Cause <laughs> you know, we never turn those down. <laughs> dying mouse stories welcome here (laughs) okay let's take a little break and then we'll talk about the new feist podcast if we are writing is a feisty podcast remember to follow us on instagram and facebook at if we were writing and we love hearing from our feisty friends so please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com that's sarah without an h Right, so just grab your phone, record an audio file, and email it to me, and we will love it and love you forever. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. All right, Sarah. Very exciting. New Feisty podcast. Mm-hmm. More Sarah. Not this More one. Sarah. The other one. <laughs> More Sarah. <laughs> Just what the world needs. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it. this is like, this is me with our business, like with Feisty, like getting more involved in what I really want to do from the beginning, which is like actually creating the content, you know? So like, yes, like you and I have this great podcast that we do every week, but it's like, this is a one hour commitment. You know, everyone knows we don't do much prep, right? What? It's not a, it's not a heavy <laughs> lift in terms of content creation. No. Um, <laughs> so... So moving forward, I'm going to be hosting the new women's performance podcast um, that we're launching. And it's something that we're like really leaning into this year, which is like talking about women's performance more broadly and like essentially trying to find and bring in experts um, who know about like women's physiology, nutrition, mental health um, and culture, like the culture pieces too, um, that affect all of us and having like meaningful conversations in those four pillars and figuring out like where the gaps are that we like the things that we don't understand necessarily about how we can thrive like how we because I think I honestly think like we're just at the beginning of figuring out how as women we can like physically get our best performances in sport right but also just like straight up have like figure out how, even if you're like someone who's just going to run your first 5k or something like that, like I, this is definitely the kind of podcast it would also be for you. So it's like, so sort of oh, awesome. The, so yeah. it's, it's not just high performance. It's, it's not high performance, physical performance. And since yeah. we all have bodies, then that applies to everyone. Exactly. Exactly. So everything from, you know, like this, the sense that like, like a lot of the spaces that are created for sport are created around men and men's needs, you know, you hear like a lot of people, a lot of women don't feel comfortable in those spaces to begin Mm. with. Right. So we talk about everything from that to like some of the more detailed physiological things that, that actually could like some of Stacey Sims science um, and the other people who are following behind her on that, like the things that could actually help us um, train well throughout the you know, throughout our cycles. Um, And then like the mental health piece, because we all know that like there's, you know, 
challenges with mental health, like hit differently sometimes, um, Mm -hmm. as women and actually like focusing on those kind of areas, which, which I see as like gap filling. Right. So like, if you see it as like, we're, we have for too long thought about like the generic human almost as male and studied the generic human as male. Cause we've studied mostly men in, in a lot of like, um, sports science and, and health studies, like medical health studies. And so like now if we center womanhood and ask questions around that, like, I think we'll get different answers, you know, um, mm. even if a lot of the existing science and a lot of the existing answers st- still work for us great but like let's find out you know and let's ask the people who um have who are actually experts who have done the research or have like you know real lived experiences that where we can have in-depth discussions so so i'm i'm guessing this is not just endurance sport this is not even yeah. sports focused it's it's sport it's like i i got like active women like that's how okay. we you know like um, that's kind of how we frame it. Like whatever performance means to you, um, kind of thing. So it's definitely, I definitely feel like we'll sort of start with like a lot more, um, endurance sports guests and topics and like branch out from there. Cause I think there's like, there's a really fine line between like thriving physically in your fitness regime, whatever that is. And in life, right. <laughs> right. Like it's hard to actually, pull those pieces apart. Right. And so like, actually what we're talking about is like women thriving full stop in our, in our culture. Mm. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of variety with who our guests are. Um, well, it sounds, it sounds like you have a lot on your plate, mm-hmm. but no yeah. real cutlery for that <laughs> I don't, plate. <laughs> I don't have cutlery, <laughs> but I do have a thriving business. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> But a lot of break even. (laughs) I got a lot on my plate, but nothing to eat it with. Well, you have some plastic cutlery stashed away in some drawer. That's right. It'll all work out. Oh man. Well, on that note, please send in your voicemails. We always love them. Whether it's a rant or an animal story, we take any kind. And until next week, it's Sarah and Sarah. None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top We're reaching the top We're reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top